Is it time for the Islanders to break up the identity line? Or is that trio so important to the team and the tone they set that they need to stay together this year and beyond? We've got that and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That does include YouTube, so if you want to watch the show instead of just listening to it, subscribe at YouTube, and uh, you'll have the, the newest episode in your inbox every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at midnight uh, when the new shows do get released. Uh, lots to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question you'd like to ask us, a, a comment about something we discussed on the show, or maybe a topic you'd like to hear us analyze on a future episode, send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. Everything from uh, news from training camp, which gets underway in, in just a few days at this point, uh, trade rumors, free agency rumors, coaching changes, injury reports once training camp gets underway. Anything Islanders related, we'll have it for you right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So, the topic for today is the identity line. And we know Casey Sezekis, Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck. That trio has been, with the exception of what, the two-year period that Matt Martin was with the Maple Leafs, that trio has been an important part of the Islanders' culture and lineup for almost 10 years. And, you know, they're called the identity line for a reason. This is the trio that... Uh, Barry Trotz used to send out for the start of most games. Uh, it would have them start most periods and end a lot of periods, again, depending on the game situation. But that is because that trio, even though they were not prolific goal scorers, uh, they set the tone for the team. And the reason they are called the identity line is the way they play 
sort of is the way the team wants to play. And, you know, that physicality, that hustle, that aggressive forecheck, that lack of fear when it comes to going up against the opposing team's, uh, you know, players, all of those things are factors that have made the identity line such an important part of the Islanders' culture, their locker room, and really their on-ice play. And if you look at it, Casey Sezikis, one of the leaders in the locker room, Cal Clutterbuck, one of the leaders in the locker room as well, uh, Matt Martin, a, a veteran presence in the locker room, sort of a, a mentor for a lot of guys. But here's my question. We all know that the identity line does not give you a lot of offense. And most teams can get away with having a fourth line or one line that, you know, isn't going to give them a lot of offensive production because they do other things. But... For an Islanders team that has struggled to score goals, 22nd in the league in goals scored, uh, 21st the year before, you know, when, when you have a team that has struggled the way the Islanders have to put the puck in the net and did not bring in reinforcements this offseason to improve that, would it benefit this team to possibly put a different player on the fourth line. Maybe, for example, uh, do you go with a Zach Parise on the fourth line? Or do you go with a Kiefer Bellows on the fourth line? There are a lot of different players you could put down there who could mesh their style of play with the other members of the identity line, but could add a little juice offensively to that trio. You also, of course, have Ross the Boss, Ross Johnston. And, you know, do... Is it time for Ross Johnston to possibly get into the lineup on a more regular basis? Now, there's a lot of things to consider. Casey Sezikis, 31 years old, as of right now. And he is the youngest member of this trio. Cal Clutterbuck, 34 years old right now. Matt Martin, 33 years old. And you look at the numbers from a year ago. (coughs) (coughs) Sezikis, 10 goals, 16 points in 74 games. Clutterbuck, 6 goals, 15 points in 59 games. Martin, Three goals, seven points in 71 games. All three of these players were between minus two and minus six on the plus minus, which is not a bad number when you consider that they don't score a lot of goals. But we all know how difficult it is to play the physical style of hockey that this trio has played their entire careers And it does take a toll. Your body starts to wear down. Look at Cal Clutterbuck's numbers. 
2019-2020, he played 37 games. Missed more than 15 games. Almost 20. 2020-2021, played 50 games. That wasn't bad. What, he missed six games that year? Last year, 59 games. Again, injuries, slowing down a player like Clutterbuck. Now, Clutter right now has 933 career regular season games. So if he plays 67 games this year, he'll hit that magic thousand mark, which is incredible for a guy who spent almost his entire career on the fourth line. Look at Casey Zizekas. Again, the youngest member of this trio. Missed eight games last year. Played all 56 games in 2020-2021 and missed about 15 games in 2019-2020. Again, due to an assortment of injuries. Matt Martin, same kind of a thing. Missed 11 games last year. Missed two games in 2020-21. Missed, what was it, six or seven games in 2019-2020. Injuries are slowing these guys down. So one thing I think the Islanders could do, and it's one of the many possibilities, I would rotate some of these guys. And, you know, if Clutterbuck, Martin, and Johnston... If two of those three play in every game, you probably get a healthier and more productive game from each of them when they play rather than having the injuries hit and they're fatigued or they're not able to give you, you know, the best of their ability because of the factor that they're worn down physically. That is one possibility of how the Islanders could handle that. We're going to continue this discussion. More to to get to as to what the Islanders could and should do about the identity line. We've got that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games and more. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. You have pro and college football, basketball, and of course, hockey right around the corner. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. So that's one possibility. You have three wings for two positions. Two of them play in every game. That would give Ross Johnston, you know, let's say 35 games played. If nobody is hurt, it would keep Clutterbuck and Martin probably in the 60-game range, 55 to 65 games. And... Hopefully, they'd be more effective. That's one way you could go about it. Uh, you know, the, the other alternative, as I mentioned, you can go with a Parise who could give you the hustle that he gives you. Uh, or you could even add Parise in, into the mix as being someone who doesn't play every day, but allows you to give some of the other players a game off now and again. 
depending on how Zach Parise looks in training camp and what he gives you. Or Kiefer Bellows is the kind of guy who has the size to be a power forward. And, you know, maybe he can give you 12 to 15 goals on that fourth line to up the offensive contribution a little bit. All of these are options. And I I, I think, you know, sentimentally, I love... Sezekis, Martin, and Clutterbuck. I think they're great. They've been great for this team. They're great Islanders. They're good in the community. They they give you everything they've got, and they have been productive. But I am starting to get the feeling that maybe it's time to either give them a little bit of a break or maybe just mix it up. Maybe you could put one of them on the third line and break up the trio because this team needs to move in a slightly different direction. They need to get more offensive productivity. And, you know, the same way you don't want to put all three of your best goal scorers on one line because you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, maybe it's time to spread the three members of the identity line across more than one line in order to get that physicality and that juice and that identity, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, spread across multiple lines as well. Now, one of the biggest arguments against it is the chemistry situation. Sezekis, Martin, and Clutterbuck are all good hockey players. And two years ago, three years ago, they were probably the best fourth line in hockey. But... Uh, together, the chemistry they have, because they've been together so long and they know each other's game so well, uh, their chemistry makes the three of them, when they play together, greater than the sum of their parts. I think, at least in training camp, it's worth taking a look at maybe separating them and seeing what kind of chemistry can be built up with a Bellows or a Parise or a Ross Johnston, which we've seen a little bit of, you know, Ross Johnston in the lineup when one of the trio was injured. Um, But I want to see if, you know, spreading things out is an advantage. And I think for Lane Lambert, if he does that and breaks up the identity line in some way, it's one way for him to put his stamp on this team to basically say, you know what, uh, this is what we did under Barry Trotz and it worked for Barry, but I'm my own man. I'm not Barry Trotz. I'm Lane Lambert. And I think the team would be better off if we did it this way and give it a shot. Now, injuries may force the Islanders' hand. They may not be able to keep the identity line together for the whole season, even if they want to. But to me, Maybe, you know, adding a little scoring juice and maybe a little bit of a culture change wouldn't be the worst thing for the Islanders heading into this new season with a new coach and uh, the need for more offense. You know, if Lou Lamorello was not going to go out there and get that scoring forward, preferably a winger that we've been talking about throughout the offseason, 
if he was unwilling or unable, depending on your interpretation, to go out and get it, you got to find other ways to create offense. And, you know, that may mean putting an Anthony Bevilier and a Matthew Barzal on the same line. Or it may mean breaking up the identity line. Or moving a Josh Bailey from, you know, the top six to the bottom six. Uh, There are a lot of ways to try to uh, finagle this lineup. To try to give it a little bit more offensive juice. And to create some chemistry and some combinations that will do that. And I think that Lane Lambert owes it to the team owes it to himself and to the fans, really. You know, although obviously that's not going to be the Islanders coaching staff's top consideration. But he owes it to them to try to, you know, create some different possibilities. And maybe, just maybe, with the identity line players being 34, 33, and 31, uh, it's time to go in a different direction, break things up a little bit. And you know what? If it doesn't work, you could always put that trio back together because we know they can be effective at what they do. Uh, I just feel like at this point in time, maybe this team needs a little bit more in a, to, to go in a slightly different direction uh, with, with the realization you could always fall back and create that identity line again. So, it's an interesting idea. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Again, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You can uh, comment on Twitter. (coughs) Or, (coughs) excuse me, I'm, I'm getting there. I am getting there from the COVID. But you can comment on Twitter or you could certainly comment if you're watching on YouTube in the comment section of this video. Love to hear what fans have to say. You know, the sentimental, emotional side of me doesn't want to break up the identity line, but the sort of intellectual side of me, the side of me that says, how can we, you know, improve things around here a little bit? How can we get better? Says it might be a good idea and worth a try. All right, we've got more to get to on today's show. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day. A former Harvard University star who was briefly an Islander, a good two-way bottom six center. We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And, uh, well, basically put, uh, Tuesday was the 51st birthday of former Islander center Ted Drury. Drury... Uh, a native of Boston, Massachusetts, drafted by the Calgary Flames in the second round back in 1989, spent three years playing in uh, Harvard uh, and had a 22-goal, 63-point season in his last year there in just 31 games. So 22 goals in 31 games in college is off the charts outstanding. Made his NHL debut with the Flames in 93-94, but got traded to the Hartford Whalers then went on to the Ottawa Senators, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, and joined the Islanders early in the 
2000 season. Played 55 games with the Isles. Two goals, three points, 31 penalty minutes, and was a minus eight. After the Islanders played for the Blue Jackets and then finished his career in the AHL and in Germany last year as a professional, 2006-2007. In his NHL career, Drury 414 career NHL games, 41 goals, 93 points, 367 penalty minutes. Add 14 playoff games, none of which came with the Isles, one goal and four penalty minutes in those games. And, you know, Drury was a bottom six forward. He could take the big face off. He was a good checker. Never really scored double-digit goals in an NHL season, but you know, could do the little things that kept him in the lineup throughout his career. And look, played 414 NHL games. 400 is that magic number for players to get their pension. So uh, good for Ted Drury that he was able to eclipse that mark. We're going to go back and look at one of Ted Drury's better games as an Islander, and it was an impactful game as well. Uh, February 10th, 2000, home game at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Bring in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Rich Perrant, the goalie for Tampa. Roberto Luongo is in between the pipes for your New York Islanders. Islanders score in the first minute of the game. Marius Tchaikovsky, his 20th. From Jason Krog and Jorgen Janssen at 51 seconds. 1-0 Isles. Then, Isles go on the power play. Chris McAlpine off for hooking for Tampa Bay. But Stan Druya, his 8th. From Steve Martens and Peter Svoboda, that's a shorthanded goal uh, for the Bolts, and it is a 1-1 hockey game. These goals, by the way, coming in the second period after a scoreless first. In the second period now, the Islanders cash in on a power play. Ben Clymer off for holding the stick. Ted Drury, our Islanders' birthday of the day, rare power play time, but it's his third goal of the year. Tchaikovsky and Jamie Rivers with the assist at 3.52. Isles up 2-1. Then, after a big, big brawl in which Ted Drury, our Islanders' birthday of the day, got five for fighting and a 10-minute misconduct, a game misconduct at that. Uh, huge fight, Ole Jokinen, Ted Drury, Pavel Kabina, Chris Gratton, all involved in the fighting. Uh <clears throat> But eventually, the Islanders get a power play, and Tchaikovsky cashes in his second of the game, 21st of the year. Jorgen Janssen and Jamie Heward with the assist at 9:23, Isles up 3-1. But later in the period, the Islanders take a penalty. Jamie Heward off for slashing Paul Mara of the Bolts. Scores his fourth. Vinny LeCavalier and Stan Drulia with the assist. So, at the end of two periods, it's 3-2 to two Islanders. Then in the third, the Lightning take the lead. Goals by Vincent LeCavalier and Frederick Modine, a mere 37 seconds apart, end up giving Tampa Bay a 4-3 to three lead, but with less than three minutes left in regulation time. Mike Watt, his second, from Josh Green and Jamie Heward at 17.09. We go to overtime, and in the OT... Tim Connolly, his ninth from Jorgen Janssen and Marius Tchaikovsky at 349. The Islanders beat Tampa Bay by a 5-4 margin in overtime. 
Islanders with 42 shots on goal, out shooting the Bolts 42 to 27, but 23 saves for Roberto Luongo to earn the win. Now here's Ted Drury's game. He had a goal on his only shot. He played a minute and 28 seconds of ice time. The goal was a power play goal. He had 15 penalty minutes and, of course, the game misconduct that got him kicked out. And he was not a fighter, per se. But Ted Drury scored two goals as an Islander. This was one of them. And uh, when you add the fight and the game misconduct, it was a pretty active game, even if he only played uh, a, a brief minute and 28 seconds for Ted Drury. So again, Ted Drury, 40, uh, 51 years old on Tuesday. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. So we will be back Friday uh, with our next episode. And just so you know, next week we go back to our five shows a week, Monday through Friday schedule. So make sure that you join us as training camps get ramped up. We will have more full coverage for you about all things Islanders. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. So stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.